What's up, everybody? Rob Mahoney here from Group Chat. The Ringer NBA Show squad is back for another fantastic season, and we're coming at you five days a week on the Ringer NBA Show feed. On Mondays and Thursdays, catch Logan Murdoch with the man, the myth, the legend, Raja Bell on Real Ones, where they cover all the most interesting NBA storylines. On Tuesdays, hang out with Siret Sohi and J. Kyle Mann as they ask the big questions about the league on The Answer. And on Wednesdays, you can hear Justin Barrier, Big Waz, and myself discuss anything and everything going on in the basketball world on Group Chat. We close out the week strong on Fridays and hit you with not one, but two shows. First, we've got Off Guard, hosted by Austin Rivers of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and his guy, Pasha Hagigi. And then Big Waz wraps up the slate on Weekends with Waz, where he talks to some of the biggest names in NBA media. The Ringer NBA show has you covered for all of your NBA needs this season, Monday through Friday on Spotify. Oh, and don't forget to follow, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Rick Flair said <laughs> that his daughter Charlotte Flair will be bigger than Serena Williams if she surpasses the 16 title reigns. Uh, I'm just going to assume <laughs> that you would disagree. What would Charlotte here's the question. What would See, Charlotte have to do God, to go down uh, in history as a bigger deal in the world than Serena Williams? Listen. As a relatively new dad, I respect it, Rick. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 1,000%. But, man, you see quotes like this, and, and you understand why, like, other people, like, look at wrestling and think we're, we're nuts, right? We got to be nuts. Like, this is insane, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know what she could do to ever... What are we talking about, right? <laughs> like, like, what do we do? Like, Serena, the greatest... Arguably the greatest athlete to ever live, the most dominant winningest athlete in a solo sport ever compared to God, listen, I love a good hyperbolic comparison for, for wrestlers all the time, right? I love a good Roman Reigns, LeBron James comparison, like the next person, right? But at, at some point, they're just comparisons. We're not literally saying Roman Reigns is more important or more dominant than LeBron James or Tom right. He's Brady. a LeBron like James this. of Wrestling. Of what this is. Yes, exactly. Right. Like, context matters here. And Rick, as a dad, I respect it. Because, God damn it, I, I would talk, I would talk cash shit about my daughter, too, if I had Charlotte Flair. You feel me? But, uh, yeah, no, Rick, nah. Not just cut cut this one. Nah. Let's say she played, let's say she retired from wrestling and played tennis. How? 
<laughs> and let's say she won one uh, one Grand Slam. Could we then say that she was as good as she was? She rivaled Serena Williams in just general accomplishment. Oh my no. gosh! I don't know. No, there's no, no. Like that's not how this works. Like that's what makes Charlotte's a legit athlete. This is, legit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do the, I'm gonna do the talking head argument here. Charlotte's <laughs> legit. She played volleyball. I yeah, think. Yeah, gymnast. Know. I, I want to say. You know, she trust me. She is a spe- an athletic specimen, and what she can do, Serena Williams can't do, and what Serena Williams could do. I can't believe we're actually having a Serena Williams Charlotte Flair comparison right now. Right? Like, it's two different things. It's the reason why wrestling and sports entertainment is so much more fun than actual sports, right? Because it's more than just being athletically gifted. You got to be able to entertain too, right? So mm-hmm. I could see. Wait, I, okay, here I, I have a better. I have a better question. This is dragging okay. on and on and on. Better question: okay. Is it possible? I mean, Rick's obviously coming from a very specific point of view as a dad, but is it possible he's coming from a specific point of view as Ric Flair? And that, like, is it is it possible that there was a moment in the eighties when Ric Flair was more famous than John Dave, McEnroe? You you keep you keep, the the more you're talking, the more I'm just like. He's gonna he's gonna talk me into this, isn't he? <laughs> was Ric Flair was was Ric Flair more fame more more significant than any tennis player of his generation? I'll 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 use a better example for folks that may listen to this podcast. All right, do you know who the I don't know the leading home run hitter in 1999 was? <laughs> do you know who led the NBA in scoring in 1999? Like, do you know who won MVP? Do you know any of those stuff? But you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin was, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he was arguably you know the who biggest. won the main event at WrestleMania in nineteen ninety. Well, there we you have go. a very specific audience here. Very anyway, specific, very specific. And for their sake, let's just start the show. <laughs> What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mister Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season One Champion Mike Lawrence. Husky Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to listening to. And you are listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Gaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good. You got the blurred background thing going on for a few weeks now, so I'm always sort of having to imagine where you might be. What, uh, where in the world is Kaz this week? I'll, I'll unblur the background. I'm in a very unsexy financial district uh, WeWork office <laughs> right now. The only place I can get some peace and quiet while while getting some work done. So if you see these beautiful lights behind me, um, lovely New York City. Well, I'm sure it's a it's a it's a beautiful day in New York City. Concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. There's nothing you can do. Now you're in New York. So we had a, a good episode of AEW last night with a uh, number of, I believe they call them bangers that we should discuss. There was bangers, um, yeah. We're going to do a little fantasy booking. Uh, another fantasy slam later in the show. We have the road to WrestleMania is we're trucking along it. But first, I want to touch on this news that uh, you know. 
the Ringer Wrestling Show feed is a daily feed, as everybody knows. And it's been discussed on Cheap Heat and I believe on Wednesday Worldwide as well. The, the, yes. the Cody backlash. Oh, okay. The looming, the looming Cody backlash. We have uh, the third man on this podcast, the producer John Kerma. He's he is he told us as we were coming on air that he is a hundred percent out on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Was that right? A hundred percent is crazy. A hundred percent is a wild, but wild number. I will say I don't think I'm sipping the Kool Aid, dog. I'm just saying. Damn. He's milking the dusty stuff a lot, and I'm I can't stand one more of these little. A fake little cry that he does every <laughs> week. Every fucking time he's on a mic, he's going to break that out. Every time. You know what I'm talking about, Cass. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes. Every promo, I'm like, he's in the main event scene now. But I, it's, maybe it's the fact that I am a casual and I remember when he was in WWE before, but I just mm-hmm. can't do it. I don't, I don't see it. Making him number 30 didn't help. I'm just, I'm 80% out. He just needs to be healed, but that's not going to come soon enough for me. He's he he cries a lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot, <laughs> it's like it's a lot of crying, promo. and I respect it. I understand, but like I was watching the bump. I saw a clip from the bump yesterday, and like they just asked him like a random question, just like yo, how does it feel to headline WrestleMania? And he said, you know, it's the biggest WrestleMania of all time, and it's being headlined <laughs> by our roads. <laughs> And then he starts crying again. I was like, oh, man. Then I'm like, I get it. I understand the family history, everything he's been through, the passion he has for the business. It'll move a man to tears. It'll move that man to tears. I get it. But the more I see him cry, I can't help but think people are going to get sick of this shit real fucking soon, right? It's like, you know, we in the midst of if the brilliance of that ending bloodline segment and Royal Rumble didn't happen, I would almost think there would be a lot more talk about, like, uh, that's it with Coach. Like, you know, like, I feel like there'd be a lot more... uh, Well, I think there is that talk. We hear that talk. uh, Yeah, but I just feel like it would be a lot more pronounced right now, right? Like, I, I still don't think there'd be, like, a mutiny or anything like that, but... Here's the thing. What Cody Rhodes has going for him is that he's a fucking hell of a wrestler, he has a hell of an entrance. I mean, he still does things and says things. And the, the good, great thing about him is and I always compare him to like a quarterback. Like he just never says the wrong thing on a press conference, never says the wrong thing in an interview, always makes you feel good. He shouts out the insiders, like the people who followed him, like outside of WWE. He satisfies those, that fan base. Like he just checks off so many boxes that it's almost like, Man, you're a little too squeaky clean sometimes, right? You make John Cena look like motherfucking uh, Virgil sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how squeaky clean you are. So, then, so the weird thing about Cody, the interesting thing about Cody is that, to me, is that you're right. He looks like it, right? He's a great wrestler. He is the most... Like, I remember in the build-up to WrestleMania last year, even when they got to the point where we were pretty sure we knew it was Cody Rhodes that was coming in as Seth's mystery partner... It just, we were just like, why, why are you keeping this a secret? Like, what, like, what, like, what is this? Are we really going to make? Is it really going to be that big of a moment at WrestleMania when the guy who we know is coming out? I mean, it felt like they were doing it more of like as like a checkmate to AEW move than an actual like crowd pleasing move. And yet, when Cody came out, it felt right because he's just built different, sort of like he's he is. 
he walks on the screen and you're just like, look at that guy. He is a main event wrestler, right? Especially, and it makes, as we've said a million times, weirdly, it makes more sense in that role in WWE than he did in AEW. You know, he just looks like a WWE main eventer and he fits there. And I think that there's something, I think there'd probably be more backlash if it were anybody but Cody, right? Who, who, who not only has our... I mean, we, I would say most wrestling fans genuinely like him as a wrestler. And also, he just has this weird gravitas that comes with it where it's just like, yeah, okay, he's in the main event. It's not, it's, I mean, certainly Vince not being the one pulling the strings helps because the sort of air of, of inevitability can't be attributed to Vince necessarily. Although, I, it's hard to imagine exactly how it'd be different. I have it on good word from people who've worked in, in creative, and you can back this up that 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 the rumble is not how Vince would have done it. Right. I I I heard the same. Um, but in any case, Cody's the guy now, and kind of starting to seem like a rite of passage though, right? Like you're not a true main eventer until you get a little bit of backlash, right? Like you're not a yeah. true like made it made guy until you have like a, a nice sector of the audience. Not like a vocal minority, but like a nice sector of the audience just being like, mm, I don't see it with you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you're the person, I mean, I guess just as far as like being main event, main event, like number one undisputed guy in WWE is concerned, if you're the person that everybody is behind, chances are you're probably not going to be that guy. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. But if you're that person that a lot of people are behind, but a lot of people aren't behind, and the whole John Cena adage of it doesn't matter if you're cheering or you're booing, you're, you're, the, 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 what's, what's, what was Michael Cole's catchphrase every time he got a mixed reaction? It was... Um- uh, nobody, um, nobody makes the emotions of the WWE <laughs> universe. Like they would always like come up with these word vomit to like explain that like some people like this dude and some people don't, but like yeah. they feel passionately about it either way, you know. And I think that's the good thing about this backlash with Cody. Everybody that I've seen that eventually takes that next step to icon face of the company status has those detractors, where whether it be John Cena, whether it be Roman Reigns, whether it be Randy, whether it be uh, The Rock, whether it be like any of these like big, especially if you're a babyface, God help you if you're a babyface, you know, like you're always going to get that. So I think this is a rite of passage. And I think this is a true test of if Cody really is that guy, because it's how you respond to these naysayers, even though it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Like he's still like, you're not going to change that much, but if you could eventually win over that crowd too, then you get to the place where Roman and the bloodline are. Then you get to the place where John Cena is. Then you get to the place when you're the unquestioned main eventer, where even though you're doing everything right and you're checking all the boxes and you look like the part and you're doing the part and the matches add up and all that type of stuff. Once you win over that vocal minority, where even though they hate you, they fucking love you. That's when you truly succeed as a top of the guy, top of the company guy. Overcoming the the, the backlash. Yeah, like it's how you respond to it. Like if yeah. you wilt under it, like I feel like you know there was certain people that were given the ball. I think, and when they kind of got a little bit of backlash, they didn't really recover well from it. You know, like some folks are, and and it's through no fault of their own. 
I think the one thing Cody has going for him is the exact thing you said. He's kind of built differently, and he's the first. He was the first big strike back to AEW. You know what I mean? And it it made so much sense because he was here before, and he has the family story and the road story, and and everything that that came with why he left the company in the first place makes him such an interesting character to so, see where the entire company goes next. After this well, let's just say that stuff. there is going to be more of a backlash, though. Like, what do you do if you're WWE? Put your head down, pretend it's not happening, keep booking Cody, teary-eyed Cody, into the main event at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of people are going to be calling. I mean, now we're talking about it should, be, it should be Sami Zayn. Right. Well, no, I mean, I, I think I thought that the. I mean, my this wasn't my official fantasy slam fantasy booking, but months ago or some time ago, I said I was thinking bring him back as a heel. And, but basically, but I mean, but my thought was, was basically have him de- somehow deprive Sami Zayn of the, you know, like he'd be feuding with Sammy basically in my head, you know, I mean, because he, because he would be the guy that's getting in the way. I mean, I think there's still ways that you can play around with that. Obviously, Elimination Chamber, if Sami Zayn doesn't indeed end up in the main event against Roman Reigns, um, you know, if there's a screwy finish, people are going to be, very de- they're going to be demanding that Sami Zayn be in the main event and maybe you can do a triple threat maybe you get cody over by extending the opportunity for Sami Zayn to come into the triple threat this is why the bloodline storyline and the nuance the nuanceness of it is so important not just for this storyline now it's for future storylines now i can see a world where instead of the typical uh, you guys booed me, so screw you guys sort of heel that usually happens, that usually people want. I could see a world where like Cody just believes his hi- own hype so much that he just never changes. And he becomes that for heel sure. that feels like, you know, he's doing the right thing and this is for my family and blah, 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 blah. And that could like sort of descent into like a level of madness that, you know. But didn't we ask, didn't we, didn't we ask for him, to, didn't we fantasy book him doing that in AEW too and it just felt like yes. it seemed like he was about to do it over and, and over exactly. again and yet he didn't actually ever do it like he exactly there- I think it was the Sammy Guevara feud where like he like just inserted himself back into the TNT's title scene or whatever and we kept thinking like oh he's Homelander he's Homelander like yeah. he's a good guy who thinks he's a bad he's a bad guy who thinks he's a good guy you know what I'm saying and he, he has his own reasons that sound sound and just but at the end of the day he's kind of like this flawed individual, right? So, like, I always thought that was the play in AEW, but since he never did that, and with hindsight being 2020, thankfully he never did that because who's to say that he'd be able to be, to, to tell such a nuanced story without being in the main event picture and without the success of this Bloodline storyline saying that you can tell long, thought-out, well-written storylines that don't just say this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's stuff that's going to take years, a year or two, to really get the full sort of gravity and and context onto what? why this character is who he is. Like, Jay Uso has so many layers to his character now because we have the past three years of everything he's been through to get to a certain point. And I think yeah. we're just we're just starting it with Cody. Like. He's got it under his belt. So are they playing with fire, though? I mean, by by putting him in this position? Or do you think you put him in this position so that he he gets to the other side of it soon? Yes, you have to. Like, you have to put him through this, like, 
part of his career where like, okay, like you're back and we understand, but you know, here comes this vocal minority that just doesn't fuck with you or thinks you're phony or thinks you're just kind of like you cry a little too much or whatever it is. They had, they thought John Cena was a, a, a cornball and super PG. They thought Roman Reigns couldn't cut a promo. They thought wow. uh, the rock couldn't wrestle. You know, everybody has that thing that they got to get over if they They weren't wrong about any of those things, but I don't know that they really mattered. Um, (laughs) The Rock could wrestle, goddammit. Yeah, (laughs) you could. Uh, Okay, do this for me. Since we're we're on the subject matter, rank these people in terms of who you think should wrestle Roman Reigns. Let's just say Roman Reigns is wrestling one match, main event, night two of WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and The Rock. Who do you what who who do how do you rank those? Because I'm starting to really if you're you are you are Triple H in this okay. situation or Vince McMahon or whoever you you were you talking about Gate Two? Yeah, Cody, Cody should be the one wrestling for the world title because if you're do I, the creative at WWE, especially around this Bloodline story have earned enough cachet with me to believe they're going to tie in the Sammy story. They're going to tie in the Roman story. They're going to tie in Cody's story. And it's they're going to tie in The Rock. All these people are going to culminate into one moment where it all makes sense. And it's still... I still believe there's a way that we get Cody to either not win or go over by a weird way or Sammy still comes out on top at the end. I mean, I, before they fucking announced a, a pay-per-view match, right? I was thinking, well, maybe they do a Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania. Like, maybe that's how y- you get somebody to cash it or something like that, right? But now that they're having the, the uh, they're having it in the UK, I think this year, I'm like, okay, maybe they don't do that. But maybe there's some, maybe there's a way that there's a match where you know um, that leads up to a cash-in sort of opportunity. But that was neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. I, I, Cody number one, Sammy number two, The Rock number three—a distant three at this point. Um, no, Cody number one, Jay Uso number two. Okay, Sammy number three, Rock number four. I just think, as much as I care about the Bloodline storyline. I I just don't see Jay. I don't really see Sammy. Well, I think Jay's he's so identified as part of a tag team. He just doesn't yeah. have the profile of really any of those guys. Obviously, he and Sammy are pretty close in terms of profile. Um, I don't know. I just think I think that's actually weirdly a harder not maybe not a harder story to tell, but a hard, harder story to sell. I say than, that because, than any of the other ones. I say that because, and this is just me just being able to nerd out on this bloodline storyline for a week. It feels like the story was always about Jay. Yeah. And even when Sammy hit Roman with the chair, it wasn't like I'm hitting you because I want to be the tribal chief and I want to be champion. All totally stuff. Agree. It was like, totally agree. Yeah. He's like, bro, like this should just have to stop it. Nobody was going to stop it. Jay, however, has reasons to want to put hands on Roman. He's been had reasons to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could almost see a world where like Sammy 
just fucking enables Jay to finally, and that's how like that friendship happens or whatever. You know what I mean? So I could see that more logically than Sammy at WrestleMania because I think Sammy at Montreal is the match to have. Yeah. And you know, what about uh, what about Cody versus Roman versus The Rock in a triple threat match? <laughs> I don't know how you got The Rock in there. He's uh, okay. The only way is there I see any the way Rock, to get The Rock in now? Is it too late? Are we past Rock? He has to. He has to challenge. The only way The Rock wrestles at WrestleMania is if he literally challenges. Roman Reigns on night one, like right after he was done. Like if it's if it's Roman Cody night one or whatever, and Roman goes dogs walk somebody, and he's like, "There's nobody left. There's anybody left." Blah 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 blah. You could bring the Rock down. Big surprise! Holy shit! He finally made it. He's here. Blah 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 blah. Roman's like, "Oh, now you show up. Everybody's been calling your name for years, months. Blah blah blah. And now you show up once our match is over. What? Whatever. And it's like, what? You're gonna challenge me? We gotta wait another year. Okay. To fucking wrestle, whatever. Yeah. And okay. the Rock's like, no. I want you tomorrow night, right here. That's Love so that idea. That except, that. how do you? I mean, given last year we had Cody Rhodes had was uh, Seth had no partner announced, and we also didn't know if this Austin KO thing was a match or what. Right. There was a lot left up in the air. But how do you book WrestleMania and say the championship is being defended on night one, and we're not quite sure if we have a main event for night two? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Okay. So maybe he doesn't book it for may- night one. Maybe it's at the end of night two. And he's just like, he, he Hulk Hogan's and Bret Hart's it. And fucking oh. go, Cody's like, no, go get special guest. Maybe the Rock's a guest referee in the main event. Paul Heyman throws salt in Roman's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock rolls him up, goes home. Everybody's happy. God, was that you? Was that Kerm that loved that WrestleMania? Or was that Waters? Uh, that was Caesar's Waters Palace. Oh Jesus, <laughs> gosh, golly! Nah, I just feel like the only way you got ramen, ramen, the Rock at uh, SoFi is if it is um a night of declaration. Like if it's a surprise. Hey, I'm here. I want to kick your ass right now, bitch. It's so bring this back around to Cody Rhodes before we move on. Mm-hmm. I mean. What do you think would happen if he, you know, he talked about the sort of like he could be a heel without really changing. I mean, that is sort of the truth. Right. But if he came out after, let's say after Elimination Chamber, people are still agitating for Sami Zayn. If he just got the microphone, he was like, I know a lot of you guys are going to boo me on this road to WrestleMania. I know a lot of you guys would rather have somebody else in there, but I do not fucking care. (laughs) <laughs> like this is my this spot. That exact word. Yeah, yeah, this is I. This is my spot. I earned it, and I will be and, and and I will go to WrestleMania and take the title from Roman Reigns. You guys make whatever noises you want to make. I hope some of you will cheer me, but whatever you want to do, that's fine. That's your prerogative, um, and that's the last you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, does that get him? Do people appreciate him if he's just like, I don't care what you do, whatever you do, what you're gonna do? Does it? Is there? Would that get any traction? That would be the equivalent of um, looking over on the on the swimming lines, right? Like the moment yeah. you look over, that's where you kind of like s- slip up. I think the more he acknowledges that he doesn't care what the fans say, without straight up saying. I don't care what the fans say, drives more into his delusion and makes him more hated. And I think 
if he continues to not see that, I think that's what makes it a little bit more fun. Um, but, you know, him just being straight up like, hey, listen, I know when I said I'm going to do it for me, I'm going to do it for you, I'm going to do it for my father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Like, I lied. I'm not doing it for you. <laughs> like, I'm actually just doing it for me and my father. My family's legacy is way more important than what any of you guys feel for me because, hell, because of you guys, I was wearing face paint and stardust and all this other things. Like, I was the person who made this shit happen. And then, you know, once I got all there and did all that, now you want to be fickle? Trust me, I did it without you before. I'll do it. And I guess that's him acknowledging it, the crowd again. But uh, nah, I just, there's many ways to go about it. I just think he's such an interesting character because of the evolution he's had yeah. and the roles he's played and being able to be more, he's, he was, he was like the king of the mid card for like all of the early 2000s to mid, mid 2010s. Right. And like now, you know, him being this, even though him being in the main event seems like it came out of nowhere, it really isn't. Like, that's kind of the natural progression of a lot of folks in the WWE, you know? So if that's the backlash you get from it, just because you want Sammy in the main event or, you know, you want somebody else to take it off of Roman, it's just weird. And I guess you don't really get how a lot of this fandom stuff works sometimes, you know? like let Well, the happen. fandom aspect of it is really intriguing because... I don't know. Fandom's just a different thing now. You know, everybody is everybody fantasy books everybody into the main event, and so in some sense, it makes it harder to tell these Sami Zayn stories, these you know Brian Danielson type stories. Um, but everybody has. I mean, I don't know. I think the. I think what I just keep coming back to is, yeah, you can give WWE the benefit of the doubt and say they'll find a way to tell the story and weave everything in. Sure. Okay, I mean, that's, listen, that would be awesome if they did. And I have, you know, I think they deserve, not maybe not the full benefit of the doubt, but they deserve some confidence at this point. But like, I don't know, what's a good example? Like, I'll say this. If I, no, let, let, wait, I got, I got a good example. I got a terrible okay. example, but I'm just going to pretend it's good. <laughs> if like Lando Calrissian had a one-on-one -on -one showdown with Darth Vader and beat him at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, that would have been cool but that wouldn't have made any sense because this is not the story we're telling, right? right? Okay. And you can have the Lando like comic book or whatever, the spinoff show, and have him have some like meaningful interactions and stuff. But it's just not the story we're telling. And I just think it's I think it's going to make people are going to be anxious about it until it sort of starts paying off. You can't wait till WrestleMania, I think, to pay it off. I think that's the big thing. Well, one thing they did get right is they didn't. Usually, the road to WrestleMania gets jumbled at the Royal Rumble, right? And they didn't do that. They didn't fuck it up, you know? So, I think, you know, they've got two months to tell us You're a, right. a good it story. You're right. It would have been much more problematic for WWE if they had just ended the bloodline, or at least the Sami Zayn <laughs> portion of the blood. If they ended all the dissension in the bloodline storyline right. at the Rumble clean, and then Cody Rhodes wins... In the main yes. event, and then we're and on Monday Night Raw we start a new chapter. You're right; that would have been that would have been worse. But you know, and that's not what they're doing. So maybe you know they're teasing us along a little bit here. Anyway, um, yeah, it's not like they're not going to pay it off at the world's biggest show in two months, right? <laughs> you know. So if so we're going to segue to AEW now, uh, so let me just ask you this: apropos of absolutely nothing. Uh, okay, so you had it as Cody number one, yes. J number two, J number two. 
Sammy and then The Rock. What Sammy if we and The Rock. What if we added a shockingly available Brian Danielson to the list? <laughs> I've seen it already. Like he, he, I, I seen him. Daniel, get- you don't think Danielson making a shocking appearance <laughs> and challenging Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania would be that'd a bigger be, deal than that'd be pretty freaking awesome. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't make a lick of sense, but it would be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. I can, eh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I love the, I love the American Dragon. He's kicking ass and all that stuff. And I was like, bro, you, you just. It'll be the third time you just kind of like stuck yourself into a main event that you didn't earn, all right? Like This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Well, Danielson um, uh, beat Timothy Thatcher in a wonderful, wonderful match on on uh, Dynamite last night. We also got uh, John Moxley in a somewhat controversial, both in kayfabe and out of it, uh, win over Hangman Adam Page. We'll talk a little bit about that. And... Um, Oh, and and Takesha and Brian Cage just had like a just a hell of a big meaty men slap and meat match, and to cap the whole thing off with Samoa Joe taking back the TNT title and uh, and in in wonderful bloody fashion, and uh, from Darby Allen, um, and then Wardlow coming out and challenging him at the end in a cutting a incredibly attractive profile and some in a nice suit. Um, 
What was your favorite match from AEW last night? Um, my favorite match from last night was the main event, Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I love the story that they told with Darby just, uh, I guess, taking on too many challengers and just yeah. like going two balls to the wall and Samoa Joe getting his lick back. Um, and I like that the TNT title like is essentially the TV ch- the TV title, right, from, of WCW lore. It changes hands all the time. It's usually good for a main event. It's usually good a good th- tool to send crowds home happy with a little title change and all that yeah. stuff. So I get the I get the the purpose of the TNT title. Um and I think a lot of people are, are so used to, oh man, why is it this title being a hot potato changes hands? Like because it's supposed to be. It's a TV title. Like it should mm-hmm. change hands often because it should be challenged often and defended often. And it was a great match. It was hella brutal. Um kind of shocked that like the crowd didn't really go super nuts when Wardlow came out. Like, I don't know if it was the suit or maybe well, they were just tired from the mat from the matches or something like that. But they just until he started like, you know, uh look on TV, if you were without the graphics and the audio, y- you might not immediately recognize him as Wardlow. No, I didn't. And I think live in person. You and especially if you, I mean, you presumably have a worse view than we don't did on TV. Maybe they shouldn't recognize him. Nah, I think I think like yeah, it wasn't until like he started setting up for power bombs that people were like, oh shit, it's Wardlow. That's yeah. great, and he doesn't have like readily recognizable entrance music, which is very important, you know. So like when you have mm-hmm. those moments, we're not waiting for the beat to drop for you to come out. Like it's not impactful. It's none of that stuff. So. Um, yeah, man, like it was weird. Like, I think the Samoa Joe Wardlow story still needs to be told, but um, yeah, I just I'm I'm a big fan of just Joe talking shit to people and and backing it up. So uh, I'm always on time. Well, for Wardlow's, that. A a good, Wardlow's a good uh, uh, cautionary tale about how fleeting these things are. Because mm-hmm. if there's if there was if there was hmm. a lack of crowd response for a real reason, I mean, he went from the guy that should immediately defeat MJF to. Guy not getting a huge reaction. I mean, he's awesome. He's got a bright future. But but that was there was a lot of reasons that we've heard over the weeks and months um, behind both it is the decision to you know what they did with MJF and then just the, why he's been MIA for a little while. I mean, it's not like it's not. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons for it too. But but it's um yeah. It's just some. It, you look at. It's just something to look at. It, it doesn't. That's that moment's not going to last forever. Six months. I mean, from you got to give it, more props to MJF, I guess. All right, because yeah, that's when he was his hottest. Is working with him. True. True. I mean, I, a lot of that goes. But I mean, it's also. I mean, listen. Uh, I think Sami Zayn's one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. But you know, if they don't capitalize on this. The Sami Zayn movement is not going to last forever. Six months from yeah. now, we're not. I mean, it's just you know there will be. He will have a contention, but you know, you got to strike while iron's hot. That's what they always say. Yeah, like um, it's 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 not. It's all about positioning, and it's all about what you what you do when that shine is on you. Because we've seen folks get hot around this time of the year, and then like you go back to not being hot, like whether it's by injury, whether it's just by not being on TV as much or not being on anything uh, um, impactful, you know, like it happens. So you got to take advantage of those opportunities uh, once they're in front of you. Uh, I love, I think my favorite, so that the main event was really great. Um, I love Danielson Thatcher. I mean, at this point, 
whatever Danielson does is my favorite match of the week. I can't <laughs> wait to see him. I was I can like guess watching every time. I, I was watching Roosh on um on a uh, uh, rampage, and I was just like. You know, I, I say this is a guy who really appreciates what he did in Ring of Honor and also just pr- appreciates like like he sort of, he has a little bit of that that he's a you know different kind of guy look to him when he like comes out on stage you're like that's a champion right there, right? Mm-hmm. But I was watching him on on Rampage and I was like you know maybe this is the right stage for him. You know, maybe he <laughs> maybe he's not a main eventer and then but then now I think about him wrestling Danielson. So I saw what he, you know, his couple of segments last night and I was just like, okay, all right, I'm very, very excited for this. Like, that's gonna be—it's just gonna be a hell of a match. I mean, AEW just has just a bonkers roster for giving Brian Danielson someone totally different, interesting to work with every week. So, yeah. I mean, that's—it's it's great. Uh, the Takeshita match was was just so bonkers good. I mean, it was just a sprint, like a a powerhouse sprint, and it was so cool. I don't know. There've been. I think Sean Sapp reported that Brian Cage's contract is almost up, mm. um, which would really be a pity because man, he when he gets the chance to go in AEW, he almost always delivers. He's all, he's so fun to watch there, and his 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 shape I think works really well there. <laughs> but um, we'll I see. I think he's a little miscast. He's another guy I think that's very miscast. Brian Cage, you know, I feel like he's somebody that would do well, like just having someone talk. For him and him not talking. Well, he's at got all. Prince Nana now, but I mean, it's yeah. But even him, he's. I mean, the, but you're right. He needs to just be like stoic. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like uh, he's too animated. He does a lot of. I don't know. I feel like he's 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 capable of doing a lot of things that most people his size shouldn't do, but I think he's best suited doing stuff that big guys are known to do so you can uh-huh. stand out more. You know what I mean? Like if I'm watching Steph Curry shoot a zillion three-pointers, that's way more fun to watch than, you know, watching Julius Randle shoot a million three-pointers, you know? Like you can do it. You're good mm-hmm. at it. But you're probably best equipped being dude that's in the paint and you know uh, and monstering on little dudes, you know, because that's what makes you special. Yeah, shooting is what what stuff makes special. Doing all the lucha stuff you do at that size is special when Ray Phoenix does it because he's the best in the fucking world at it. Yeah, it's fun when when Cage does some of that stuff too. Sometimes, sometimes, but I think he'd be. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think he'd be better equipped and better along if he was like the this just more of a monster you know i think they've tried everything with him i mean in, in to different iterations i don't know i mean it's it, he's that's why i think he's sort of a better fit for AEW than maybe wwe or somewhere else because it's like he can just go like if they just want to use him as a as a match guy who's like a good you know base for some of these smaller guys to do their flips off of and stuff like he can and he, he can keep up and I mean, I think I think that's his real skill to look like he does and be able to do the things that he does in the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if 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 you know he'd be world champion material in WWE or AEW. I mean, I just don't know what's in the cards for him, but I know he can do that thing really well. Well, yeah, uh, my, my thing with him is like you don't have to be world champion material to be super duper over, super successful. I just think you mm-hmm. need to do the stuff that you do really well better than anybody who tries to do that stuff you know and i think mm-hmm. that's that's in what terms of giant muscly dudes okay who do you draft who do you draft higher brian cage or the newly returned rick boogs oh gosh <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen Rick Boogs wrestle a ton. You know, I I seen him play the shit out of some guitar. Yeah, and he's over as hell. Uh, Let's just say he's not as good as Brian Cage. I still think I'll probably take Brian Cage. (laughs) I'm still like I'm still taking Brian Cage. I I I love Boogs and the 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 Freddie Mercury sort of unitards, but uh, I haven't really seen him wrestle that much. I just. I, I can't don't think the unit. That's my only thing with him. I get that. I mean, listen. The, the mutton chops are cool. Mustache is cool. And I, I didn't get why he cut his hair and why I started going for this like Ted RCD, like old WWE meathead look. But and I get the the look of it. I don't know. I just think when somebody just wears black a black singlet, it just looks real like like I forgot my gear. Does anybody have anything I can wear? Sort of. I don't know. Anyway, um, what do you think about the Moxley page finish? It looks like they're gonna. They're, it seems like they're going for some sort of super duper blow off match for this feud. Um, I think Meltzer suggested a Texas death match or just something that, cause you know, it's, it's something to have a decisive finish. That'll be the end of the beef between these two guys. A lot of people were complaining on last night without uh, about the, the finish without really being super unified and what rubbed them the wrong way. People were, you know, didn't like that, 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 Moxley kicked out of the buckshot and uh, then like that he got a cheap win. I mean, it was, it was like definitionally a cheap win. Like, you know, he, he, he got the, he got the one, two, three, but page was, you know, in charge of the match, especially in its end game. Um, I didn't really like the execution of the end. It looked like it looked a, just a little bit, you know, like fake fighting, but um, that aside, uh, I really enjoyed that match, man. And I, I could watch these guys go forever. I turned the show on late and they were already fighting. And I was just like, what the hell is happening right now? Like this is, it was like, you know, Mox got powerbombed through a table within like 30 seconds of me turning on the TV. He's already bloody. I mean, it's like, what a, what a, what a matchup those guys are. I mean, what a pair of those guys are and what a match they had last night. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And frankly, I'm more interested to see what they do next. Cause it's got, it got me asking questions, you know? I mean, I think that it's not super clear what the, what the direction beyond this is for either of them, but in, in a certain sense that makes it, that's what's interesting about it. Yeah. I think, um, I think the the whole point of this feud is like we got to make Adam Page look tough as nails again. Yeah, like he's got a you know he he got he got dealt a bad hand with the CM Punk stuff, and he's clearly the the present and future of this company. He was like I guess he might have been employee number one when it came to AEW's roster. You know what I'm saying? He's just as important as anybody that they've signed or developed. And the fact that like Punk did what he did. And, you know, the unfortunate uh, knockout blow during the first Moxley match and all that other stuff and everything that went around with Dark Order, like, and him taking time off. Uh, he needed some rebuilding. And yeah. the best thing he could do is go up against the, the the biggest star, the toughest guy on your entire roster, a guy who can who doesn't lose often and can take a good loss from him, you know? Mm-hmm. And you got to rebuild Adam Page up to be, you know, main event status and he because he's important to your roster and he's one of those guys who's a day one employee whose long-term story um is important to the growth of the company. The same with like the MJF, or Darby Allen, um J- Guevara, those guys like yep. Adam Page had a shitty summer and like I I look at this Moxley feud as rehab for his image, for that cowboy shit stuff to to really pop off again, you know? So he's got to do yeah. some cool cowboy shit to the, the roughest, toughest dude and get his respect, 
you know? And once he gets that, I think he'll be right back to where he was before, you know, the feud with CM Punk with him as world champion kind of derailed a little bit of his momentum. I think you're right. I think it's a good way of looking at it. And I think that he's, you know, I don't know. AEW's kind of always had this problem. This is what happens when you start from scratch, right? AEW's ongoing, not problem, but tension. Is it like, hey, here's like 10 dudes who should who should who could be champion, right? Um, how do we keep them all relevant? How do we keep them all fresh? How do we keep their fans, their contingent of fans happy when they're not champion? Because, you know, not only... Not only are they not going to get the opportunities based on numbers, but also we got to legitimize the belt at the same time, right? We got to take into account that we can't just be hot potatoing it around unless that's your booking philosophy. Um, so yeah, so but I, I think I think all in all, it's a good use of. I think it's I, I think they're doing a good job, um, and and like I said, intrigued as to where it goes next. All right, you ready for a fantasy slam? Let's fantasy slam it. Let's do it. Today, uh, to Fantasy Slam, for those of you who don't aren't, haven't been listening, is our where we fantasy book WrestleMania matches. We're going to be doing non WrestleMania stuff. But, you know, this is WrestleMania season. We fantasy book a WrestleMania match. Kern gives us the subject. Um, you know, say like the you know United States Championship, or you know, uh, how do you book The Rock, or you know, whatever. And then we have to come up with something and present it. There's three rules: nothing obvious, nothing impossible, and no vents. Those are the only rules. We don't even have a rule that you can't be self-contradictory, although I, I think I've sort of been working under the assumption that all of my fantasy booking ideas have to fit together, but who cares? <laughs> Whatever. We can we can make anything work. So today, we're doing. what are we doing? Kerm, what is the subject today? We're booking Bianca Belair and the Raw Women's title. So Okay. That's the only, only parameters. Uh, you get roughly a minute and a half. Dave, you're currently the Fantasy Slam champion. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Oh, man. We should put the caveat out there that there is a women's elimination chamber match to determine. Oh, yeah, so let's talk about it a little bit. So Rhea Ripley okay. won the Rumble. She okay. She's challenged Charlotte Flair, which is the opposite of what we said she should do. But you know what? It, it, there is there is a sin, there is a, a, a lot of logic to it, and I, and, I, and I like it. I think it's kind of interesting – just because from sort of a face heel perspective, what they're going to do there. But well, but anyway, that's apparently done. And they've announced at the Elimination Chamber that the men's Elimination Chamber is for the U.S. Championship. Uh, the women's Elimination Chamber is for the right to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, so far in the match we have, the, it was the final four, uh, or the, for the, besides Rhea Ripley, from from the women's Royal Rumble match, right? It's Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Liv Morgan, and Nikki Cross. Two slots remain. One of them will de- be determined on Raw. Uh, there's a fatal four-way with uh, Candice LeRae, um, uh, Mia Yim, Carmella, and Piper Niven. Uh, and then I guess they'll pick that other spot later on. Uh, so, I mean... I guess you, you let's take into. I mean, I guess let's work under the assumption that winning the elimination chamber has to be part of this okay. fantasy booking. Okay. Um, I'll let you go first. All right. Kerm, uh, start the music. And boom. Okay. So we get to the women's elimination chamber match. Um, Oscar, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez for shits and giggles. I'll say, um, not Carmella. Who, who, who's, the, who's the other one that was in those matches? It was Candice Roy, Carmella. Piper Niven. Piper Niven. And 
Okay, we'll put Piper Niven in there because he needs some big bodies, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, I think Asuka wins this match, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Asuka wins the Elimination Chamber match. And we go on into more terrifying character work for Bianca Belair. I think we've kind of established the past two WrestleManias, three WrestleManias, we've established that Bianca Belair physically can do things that no woman has ever seen before. She is Jane Cena, as uh, John Kerma put it so eloquently in our pre-pro call. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what she hasn't done and what she's starting to do is a lot more character work. She got to do a little bit of that stuff with Alexa Bliss and the spooky uh, Ooga Booga type stuff, but they might be uh, drifting themselves away from it a little bit after Royal Rumble. Uh, But Asuka, I think if there's any way to reestablish Asuka as a killer with the new makeup, with the throwback Kana, uh, you know, uh, sort of moveset and doing all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Asuka needs to get the better of Bianca Belair every single week. She yeah. was the other person in the trio that kind of held Raw, the women's Raw division down. Um, Alexa Bliss was on one side of Bianca. Asuka was on the other side. And Asuka clearly the most dangerous out of all of these women and on top of that she knows bianca now they they've gotten close over the past several years so not only is she physically beating the hell out of bianca she's mentally toying with her and knowing her ins and outs and what makes her tick um in addition to that Asuka, gotta wrap it up gotta wrap it oh, up okay boom we get to wrestlemania then we got uh oscar versus bianca belair oscar does all the spooky ass kicking things she does but LOL, Bianca wins. <laughs> Good word. I hope that wasn't too terrible. This is this is the hardest one to book. Uh, it is pretty because, hard. Book. Because I think that the right answer is basically what you did, which is like, let's just make it Asuka and Bianca Belair and just let them go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, you got to put some icing on this. So here let's we put go. Some icing Whatever, on it. you're ready, Dave. All right, so... Uh, let's do it. Um, in the next women's uh, elimination chamber qualifier match, I'm putting in Carmella. I don't really care who number six is, but Carmella is freshly back on the roster, so of course she's going to be in there. Uh, at the elimination chamber, Asuka starts the match. Carmella is the last one in. Um, they go hard, and then at the end of the match, Carmella wins by a hair with this, some super screwy finish. There should have been, a, they'd knock each other out, uh, whatever. The, the important thing is that Asuka has a claim to victory, even though Carmella is the is the uh, the official winner. So the next night on Raw, we have Bianca and Asuka in the ring. They have a history together, they're friends. Uh, Bianca, or Asuka is basically saying, you know, says I, I deserve to be the number one contender. And, uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> sorry, I left out the really important part. Um, during the Elimination Chamber match, uh, Asuka bloodies Carmella's face, just punches the crap out of her nose, okay. bleeding, whatever. All right. So then Carmella comes out to stop this whole thing. She's wearing her old face mask, right? Like the diamond-encrusted face <laughs> mask. She's got the, you know, whatever. She's got it back. She's back to that character. They had this big face-off. Bianca, uh, 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 Bianca says, you know what? Let's just go all three of us at WrestleMania. I'll take you both on. If that's okay with you, Carmella, because you just won, Carmella says, I'm not scared. That's fine. And then all of a sudden, 
She Bianca standing in between them. She looks over it. She looks over. She makes it official. Shakes, uh, uh, shakes everybody's hand. Or well, I guess she doesn't shake everybody's hand. But you know, she, she like shakes Oscar's hand. Oscar holds onto her hand too tight. Gives her the the devilish grin. She turns around. Carmella takes off the face mask and has Oscar's face paint on. Ooh, These I two like are the demon team now. The unlikely mm. pair. And we have a triple threat at WrestleMania with two people on the same side against Bianca I'm Belair. Out. And I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. You win. You win, Dave. You win. Here's the, here's the icing on the cake. <laughs> LOL tapping. Bianca wins at WrestleMania. So <laughs> that's why she overcomes the odds and beats them both. You wow. won me over with the slow mask reveal with the paint. I was like, oh, that's such an ill visual. Now I kind of want to see that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I'm tapping. You won. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you retain because definitely did, wasn't expecting that one. I I don't know if I really see how believable a Carmella <laughs> and Oscar pairing would be, but the, well, the, uh, the booking was Watching them together so. on SmackDown. Or wait, was it SmackDown or Raw? Now my, my memory's all messed up. But when they raw. did the backstage thing. Man, yeah. I was just, when they did the backstage segment together. I was just like, you know what? There's a weird sort of chemistry here. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to see them wrestle each other, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to see them together. So I don't know. Anyway, that's where I am. All right. Well, you still retain this week. You know, I think the subject Great. was a little tougher gonna... this week because of the the women's elimination chamber kind of put us into a corner. But I, I like both of the entries. But you retain. Yeah, I, I do think that there's a straight. There's just a straight shot. There's a straight path here that is not going to be... A, I mean, that would be totally fine, too. Anyway, um, what else do we know about WrestleMania? Um, we got uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns have an official WrestleMania poster already, the match poster that looks like someone made it on Photoshop like three years ago when AEW started up, and it, 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 uh, I can't believe it's actually coming true. Um, and we know we're getting Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Is it? We don't know anything else for sure, right? No, nah, I think that's it. There was a. There, it seemed someone reported that Stone Cold had been offered basically every match he on the available at WrestleMania, and he turned them all down. I heard the same. Yes, uh, but who knows? Things may change. It's still got two months to get there. But that, see, I know I always I always beat this conspiracy theory drum, but that's what makes me think The Rock is going to be there. It's because I think much, Austin. Yeah. I think Austin. Everything I've heard is that Austin really wanted another big WrestleMania match. And after last year, he felt like he could do it. We've seen the pictures of him working out. He's in incredible shape and blah, blah, blah. The other thing that I know is that the Rock and Stone Gold don't always, you know, uh, if, if, if one guy's on the show, the other guy feels like he doesn't need to be there. It's like, come on, son. You can't get no, no, no legends. Everyone's saying no, WWE, really? Nobody's coming. It's Hollywood. You already got Logan Paul. You already got Bad Bunny doing your video game commercials. Really, Stone Cold said no. Really, The Rock mm-hmm. said no. Really, well, do we, in Hollywood. Do you even need them? We've really? got we've got Cody Rhodes. We've got Roman Reigns. We've got Sami Zayn. We've got. I just smell cap. I just smell cap. They're gonna be involved somehow. Like yeah. they're, they're you're not going into Hollywood. Your biggest WrestleMania in the entertainment capital of the world, and they're not at least. Showing up. What do you think about the potential for um, Logan Paul versus versus Seth Rollins? Do you think that's the right match? It was definitely not on my bingo card. I, I, I was beating the drum for Logan Paul, John Cena for a lot of the, the months. But, I mean, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I, I'd much rather Logan Paul have matches with somebody who can continue to carry it after WrestleMania season's over. Exactly, yeah. So, a, a Seth Rollins match, I mean, that's going to be a barn burner. Like... After seeing what he's already done with like the Miz and Roman Reigns, like 
Shit, Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins could fuck around and be a classic. Like that could be like a. Mm-hmm. Would there is, is has there ever been a celebrity five star <laughs> rated match? Like I feel like Bad that's, Bunny got Bad Bad Bunny got pretty close. It feels like, but yeah, no, I mean Bad that could Bunny be got close. Okay, I, I feel like Logan Paul got a five star match in them, and I think Seth Rollins could pull a five star match out of Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Man, he's just he's he's just so built for this, you know. Like he's yeah. just an athlete. He's a he's a real athlete. And um, character as well. And if he's leaning into this heel, this heel role, and we got singing Seth Rollins with the the drip lord, drip god shit going into WrestleMania, like that's going to be a hell of a spectacle. But I think the match might fuck around and steal the show if that's if that's what's what's happening. Um, I want to see it. Yeah, I think that the we should should we book should we should we book this for to do the fantasy book for this next week? Fantasy book of Logan Paul match? No, no, I'm sorry. Fantasy book. I'm sorry. Fantasy book. What what do you do with John Cena next week? I'm down for that. Let's do that. I'm down for that. Because we got to do it before all the other options are used up. I mean, I guess there's a lot of some obvious stuff out there, but also, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously there's been talk about theory, but he's in this elimination chamber match. So, I mean, I guess if he retains, that's, that's the right direction for him. Um, but it does sort of feel like this might be the place where you, for theory, where you just like, or for the U.S. title anyway, where you just throw a bunch of guys in a big match or something. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, yeah. A lot of options out there. All right. Um, we probably left out a lot of stuff. Is there anything else we need to talk about today? I mean, I can't wait for SmackDown, man. This is like the most anticipated SmackDown of the year. Like, what's going to happen? What are they going to talk about? You know, I'm really, I haven't looked forward to an episode of SmackDown in a, in a, in a long time just for a story. Not because of a return or like a match or something, just like a legitimate, where do they go from here mm-hmm. is, is where I'm at with it. So I can't wait to see what they do. And uh, I guess I'll see you Monday. Did you order the new Sami Zayn shirt yet? I have not. I thought that was a fake shirt. I thought that was photoshopped. That's a real shirt. The tape. Well, it, was, the... it is photoshopped in the sense that like Sami Zayn oh, yeah. isn't actually wearing that shirt. <laughs> but yes, it's it's. Uh... No, it was a real shirt. No, I, yeah. I'm not. I didn't. I haven't gotten the. Damn, I haven't bought no wrestling merch in a minute though. I'm gonna change that this yeah, year. Yeah, me neither. Let me get some some good tees. You gotta get. You gotta make better tees, man. I made I made some good tees for you off of Foot Locker, and they were fantastic. Uh, but you gotta make some better logos, WWE. Got to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we can work on that. We'll start maybe our we own merch department. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you. Uh, do you want to get your plugs in before we get out of here? Catch me on Calendar and Points Bet USA, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Catch me on MSG Networks. Catch me on Say Less with Kazoki and Rosie every Monday and right here on the Mass Man Show. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. You can find me on the Book of Wrestling. Please be sure to listen to all of the great shows in the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. We're there every day now. Every day. Uh, yeah. Rosenberg's got a big interview coming up tomorrow i don't even know if he's teasing it or not so i'll just let it be a pretend like it's a surprise um uh thank you kaz thank you john karma our wonderful producer apologies as always to john moxley we'll see you back here next week humanoids peace